This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Book Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mug Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome one and all to the Back of the Nest Preview Podcast. I'm your host Terence Ford. I'm joined by Albert Kearney and Sam Heskin. And this week we'll be looking back to the 2-2 draw against Southampton and obviously we'll not be looking ahead to the game against Watford on the weekend where we was all looking forward to going and spending some quality time with Albert. But alas, COVID has put pay to that. You still want us to come though, Albert? Always welcome around these here parts, my friend. <laughs> um, would it be at yours or would we have to meet outside in your beer garden? Uh, I think my extension's pretty well ventilated. Mm. Is it? Is it heated? It's heated. It's It's warm. It's ventilated. There's room for at least three people in there. Uh, just to query if there's room for a squirrel with a baguette. From last time, I think he's still knocking about. Strictly outside, that motherfucker. <laughs> um, you can fit four people in if one of those people is Tom Cruise, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get into this is biggest false advertising ever. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Um, well, not so much from Albert's big can of Heineken. Um, Lovely stuff, <laughs> Heskiff. You've had you've had friends round for dinner tonight. Yeah, so I have. I have. You, you must have had at least a gin or something. Well, I could lie and say that this big pint of see-through liquid is gin, uh, which gives me horrible flashbacks to when you bought me some paint stripper gin at a pub before Everton. <laughs> uh, but unsur- I mean, unsurprisingly. Uh, and a shout out to Sydney Eagle and the BBS who calls me out for this every single week. Uh, I'm drinking a pint of water. Mm, well, have Sydney... you not even got that empty can of Red Stripe knocking about that you claim to have drunk? No, it got too dusty, so I had, to, I, I had to clean it up, unfortunately. It's it's in the bin now, I'm afraid. Been there so long it had faded and it was more like a pink stripe or something. Like, Yeah. Couldn't hold. Exactly. Yeah. Very good. Mm, pink stripe. I'm on mulled wine this week. It was hot toddies last week, and now it's mulled wine. 
Well, it needs to be said for the listeners who can't see what we can see. Terence is in a Christmas jumper and a Christmas hat, so <laughs> the mold the mold wine only goes further to enhance your festive image. Mm. I'm not usually a festive person, but Emmy's getting my daughter's getting really into the spirit of things, so um, she's obsessed with me wearing this hat and Christmas jumpers. So... Has she had a mold wine. She has not had a mulled one. <laughs> no. Dip her bottle into it to put her to sleep, make her sleep through the night. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, if you remember last week, we were gonna, said we were going to try and get Hambo to join us on this show. And up until today, he was um, coming on. And then he realized that <laughs> tonight at nine o'clock, <laughs> he had to move his girlfriend's computer desk and chair from her house into his house. So, oh, it's serious now. Um, <laughs> just to, hang on, hang on, just to check. It's really not a euphemism. It's not a euphemism. What? I've not heard. I've not heard <laughs> moving moving the computer desk and chair <laughs> used as a euphemism. I just want to check. Do you know what's really funny is that on my notes here on my phone, I've got written, "Is that a euphemism?" <laughs> Oh dear, we're we're one and the same too often. There's a hard drive joke in there somewhere, but I'm not going to make it. <laughs> oh, Harry the Hornet's hard disc. drive. What? Um... <laughs> so this week we'll start with um, me. I've been on I've been on German Sky Sports this week. <laughs> <sighs> have you got a jingle for from terence's media watch or... <laughs> we'll need it we'll need to get one mm. Mm. go on yeah what else i mean because if we don't have a we don't have a jingle for beer blurbs which i'm assuming you haven't done no. um <laughs> no <laughs> so We'll, we'll we'll sort that. We'll get a jingle for beer blurbs, and we'll get a jingle for media watch. <laughs> but yeah, Joe, you, try and think, you try and think of something that rhymes with Mariapa. I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a hop of some variety that rhymes with Mariapa. The Mariapa grappa, but strictly speaking, it's not a beer. Mm. Well, I am drinking mulled wine, so it would have fit perfectly. Mm. Mm. Anyway, come on, let's go. Come on, let's go back to you. So, swinging the spotlight back round to you. Sorry, yeah. what was it? German Sky. This isn't called the Terence Preview Podcast or anything, mate. Um, <laughs> German, yeah, German Sky Sports. Um, it's just it's it's not what you know; it's who you know, basically. And um, my wife's sister's best mate is a commentator on Sky Sports in Germany. And earlier in the year, um, when he was commentating on Palace Brentford, I had a call with him where he actually wanted to understand the history of the club and all about our dna and you know everything that happened over the summer and so very unusual behavior from a commentator to do that to phone a real fan and get some info uh, but yeah he also produces a show on sky sports out there so they wanted to talk about patrick vieira's tactics and how he's changed changed everything that the club are doing very very different sort of conversation about football than you see on our um english sky sports very very in-depth um but yeah good one to impress the father-in-law with basically do they call it german sky sports 
it it's just called Sky, it just Sky Sports. Sky Sports. Yeah. Sky Sports DE Deutschland. And did you have to do it in German? Um, no. So the guy um, asks the question in English and German, and then translates what I say into German. I did open wow. with I did open with a German with German though to say like thank you for having me. Uh, but my German, my, but my German's terrible, so I'll answer in English if that's okay. <laughs> yeah, we got fucking Marco Bielsa. <laughs> <laughs> got, got some like really like Cockney Scouse, not uh, Cockney Yorkshire lad. I don't know, I don't know why, but whenever I hear him speak, I just think Cockney's translator. But he's not Cockney, is he? Yeah, probably not. Probably not. Um, right, so that was yes. Sky. What else you been on? And then I literally, I literally came off the call to that it was on, it was done over Skype. I literally pushed hang up on Skype, and the moment I pushed it, a message came through on my phone from Alex Howell from the BBC, um, Palace fan Alex oh, Howell. Alex, Alex Howell, how is he? All right. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, nice. Did you stalk him at a marathon march as well, or something? Never heard of him. Sorry. <laughs> Um, asking me to go and talk about COVID passports. Um, but now they'll, get anybody, they'll get anybody on to talk about COVID yeah, these days. Yeah, I think he got my number from Jim Daly, so I think they were after him first. <laughs> but <laughs> he lives quite far from the stadium. Um, yeah, well, he got like you know, he got he got about eight eight seconds of footage out of me from about a 10 minute interview. BBC weren't really after going. But on about me saying how easy it is to fake lateral flow results. <laughs> Did you go on an anti-Saudi Arabia rant as no, well? No, not this. Not <laughs> oh no! Oh no! It's him! It's him! <laughs> it's him! No, but it's just my my whole point was you know putting the COVID checks in. You make people get there earlier. You're bunching people up together for longer. Everyone's in the concourse because it's cold. So you're basically making thousands of people be closer together for longer for effectively something that can be falsified so people who aren't vaccinated could say i've done a lateral flow when in reality they haven't so you just i'm just more down the line you should trust people to do the right thing effectively and then that way you don't you're shaking your head i know my, my wife did the same thing and they but, only um, used eight yeah. seconds funny that <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but no, I'm 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 all for it if it means the stadium stay ho- stay open, and that's what we've got to do for them to stay open, and that's fine. But I just think just doing it to tick boxes, I just I don't know. People people are gonna go if people want to go, they're gonna go, and whether they're doing the right thing or not, it's still gonna happen. But hopefully, that doesn't mean we end up getting shut down. I don't know. So yeah, so that was the BBC. So that was for the English side of the family. And they were very happy. Um, and for the match ball you were on? Uh, for the what? <laughs> for, the, for the match ball you were on a third <laughs> broadcasting network? Uh, the Back of the Nest preview podcast, surely? Yes. Well, there you go. Best till last. Yes. But um, then last night, so last night after the game, went to the victory and... Um, friend of the pod penny who we'll get into um in the next bit as well uh she bought her friend nick moran who some of you may know you might have worked with him albert on harry potter yeah yep. and um 
he's in one of my favorite movies of all time in lock stock and two smoking barrels and um i've always been oh, i want to meet him i want to meet him was he wearing his half palace half arsenal shirt <laughs> um, he did say simon jordan had called him a fucking traitor for coming because it was his first game after 11 years but um mm. but yeah so there was me in a victory um main actor for one of my favorite films and i was in a christmas jumper last night as well <laughs> felt like a right muppet very very sad times for me basically i've got to stop buying christmas jumpers as well i've got <laughs> how many have you got but oh, i've only got two i've got two palace ones well i think this this year joel wall just looks so good in it i just couldn't help myself but i don't look like joel wall did it unfortunately <laughs> And um, yeah, I got like a really rascal one from a couple of years ago, a red one. Just horrible. <laughs> I don't know why I did it, but they're very cozy for inside the house. Um, anyway, look, I've talked way too much on this already. But um, Penny did post a picture on Twitter of the old dear who sells knitwear outside Audi, Heskiff. We yes. were all delighted. I think all of Twitter, all of Palace Twitter was delighted to see her. Yeah, I mean, she's. I used to go via Fulton Heath, uh, via Norwood Junction, sorry, all the time. And when I was like really young, and she's been there for ages and ages and ages. Um, and I had heard that she hadn't. So a few people said I haven't seen her around for ages, and everyone was a little bit worse. worried. Yeah. Fear the worst, yeah. But um, yeah, like you say, Penny put a picture picture of her up, and she's back, and she had her bag of knitwear. Uh, which is great. It's good to see that she's doing all right. Apparently she was in good spirits and that. So mm. nice little Christmas story. Yeah, it was lovely as well. Like the, just the amount of people that were just genuinely happy in the comments underneath that she was there. Um, unlike her back in an S Tom Fancett, who was like, yeah, but isn't she a fucking rip off and charging 30 quid a scarf? <laughs> I was like, well, she does hand knit them, mate. Like, yeah, it's, support, it's... support your local community, mate. Yeah, Come on. exactly. <laughs> exactly. And um, everyone just assumed she'd come back out of hiding because I was wearing one of her scarves in my BBC interview. So <laughs> she's, such, she's such a fan of Terence Ford that she was like, "I did, of course I did." But you only need one, like unless you lose it, you only need one. The quality is amazing. Fair enough. I've just got an image of you walking past her on your way to your interview, saying, uh, "Listen, I'm about to do an interview for the BBC. How's about you give me one of those for free?" <laughs> I'll give you I'll, national I'll give exposure. You <laughs> no, absolutely not. It's nothing like that. I've always supported the local community, even more so now I live here. I do everything I can to support the local shops, except from that freaking news agent on the corner that keeps refusing to take my return parcels and saying their machine's broken because they've got too many parcels to return. I won't, I won't get... I, I won't. <laughs> What is it? Christmas jumpers? You never know what size you've got to buy them in. <laughs> sorry, can we just add um, to the jingle list, can we add Terence Ford's local community gripes? <laughs> Please. <laughs> it's his version of points of view, isn't it? That's what it is. He's joined well, the bandwagon. Yeah. And you want this with that next door app or whatever it's called. What's it called? That's... Yeah, but I don't bring that to the pod, mate. <laughs> 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 um, big up anyone who goes on next door 
Guess an absolute. Come on, you must have an example to hand. Um. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I'd have to dig. I'd have to dig them out. I'd have to dig them out. They're all about. They're all about him. That's the problem. <laughs> Albert's just going on there to voyeur on himself. What people were saying <laughs> yeah. about fucking that guy over there's building another extension. <laughs> He's walking around with nothing but a Troy Deeney shirt on. <laughs> you get away with it around here. <laughs> oh dearie me. Uh... We're above Brighton. That's where we're going next. Albert, I thought they were going to win the league. A few months back, they were all there saying um, they've cracked it under Potter. They were in the top four. They were miles ahead of Palace. What's what's happened to them? Uh, they've become too accustomed to celebrating draws, I think. <laughs> not, not, not that they managed that last night. <laughs> Although... When our game finished, because I didn't go last night. When our game finished, I did. I did switch over to the Brighton game to see, you know, to see them hopefully remain uh, in the losing position. But part of me was like, I do hope they score here because it is hilarious watching Mope fucking celebrate one all draws like he's fucking <laughs> bagged the bagged the winner in a World Cup final. But yeah, shame. They, uh, I mean, th- the ground was fucking well empty towards the end of that game. Mm. Um. And I think it's right, you know, was it what, a week ago, two weeks ago, where Potter was in his press conference saying, I need to, I must have missed a bit of history or something, you know, because he's getting dug out for Brighton not being in the top four. I mean, it's a sorry state of affairs. They, they've definitely sort of come down with a bit of a bump, haven't they? Which nobody likes to see. Mm, you did say there um, that you was wondering about Neil Mopé. Um Scoring a late winner, but of course he's he's out with COVID. Who isn't? Um, in in insert Jose Mourinho meme of if I if I speak I could be in big trouble, <laughs> so I prefer not to speak. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, Brighton are winless in twelve now, which is the longest winless streak in all of European football. Why not? I, 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 every time they say that stat, it's usually the top five European leagues is what they're talking about. So. I thought you were going to say, I've just made that up. <laughs> no, it's absolutely true. And what's beautiful about it is the tweet that kind of, you know, displayed hmm. this stat was Lewis Dunk just sat on the floor <laughs> looking miserable. And I mean, there's a chance he's going to be out of our game as well because they're talking eight to 10 weeks for him. So very unlikely. What, in prison? <laughs> oh, dearie me. He's getting, he's going to get the cell right next door to the other fucking dickhead in midfield, um, Basuma. Mm. <laughs> Thanks, Albert. Thank you. Thank you for saying what the rest of us weren't. <laughs> Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So, Watford, we're obviously not going to be previewing Watford because it's been postponed. So we will get into talking about Southampton from last night. Um, Hesketh, thoughts on the game being postponed? Um, Seems to be a bit of a weird application of the rules going on at the moment. You've had Leicester come out and say, well, we had nine players unavailable and we were made to play. 
and seemingly you're getting teams with fewer players out who are actually getting the games called off for them. Bit weird. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Um, I was thinking that because I th- the the thing I read, they were like, "Oh, we we just we cannot put a team out, and that's why we can't play." Which I'm a little bit s- cynical about because I'm I'm pretty sure they could um, squad a twenty five plus some of their under twenty three. I'm sure you can knock a team out. Um, it's a shame. I'm just quite looking forward to it, much as I hate the place and the stadium. No offense, Albert. Uh, you know, it's always a good atmosphere because we always take a lot, don't we? And, you know, I suppose I was fairly confident that we might actually get a result with them having like SAR out and stuff like that. Uh, so it's a bit of a shame that it's been it's been postponed, but I think there's four games, aren't they, called off now? So it was not really much of a surprise when their Burnley game was called off. I thought I thought it was SARS putting everyone out. Hey! Um what do you reckon, Albert? You're um, obviously your local game, really easy for you to get to. So good, good for a midweek one for you when it's eventually well, yeah. replayed. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you say that, but sod's law, there'll be something that means I can't go. Um, yeah, I, I can't say I've looked into the uh, the way the rules are being applied to why certain games are being called off and others aren't. But <clears throat> you know, the moment. The moment there, yeah, that Burnley game was was called. It was, it was sort of almost a uh, well. I kind of hope they cancel it now rather than mm. Saturday morning or something like that. And yeah, it's obvious. It was obvious that it wasn't going to happen. Um, it's annoying, really. I, was, I, I finished work tomorrow. I was looking forward to a day out at the football, seeing some mates. You know, that includes you at the football, <laughs> obviously, um, and sort of getting into the festive spirit. But no. I mean, there's a little part of me that thinks I'm I'm kind of glad it's been postponed because I thought we looked quite leggy against Southampton. They looked a lot fitter than us, and you know what would have been our third game in the space of six days, seven days, might have been mm. a stretch too far. But for personal reasons, I'm upset. Footballing reasons, maybe less. Maybe less. And Heskiff, can you see all of the Premier League getting cancelled this weekend? Um, I mean, it's it seems ludicrous that twice in the couple of weeks now Spurs fans have made it to Burnley and Watford fans have made it to Burnley before it's been called off which I mean <laughs> lol but yeah <laughs> it does kind of it's it's not right is it it shows that you know there's not there's clearly not going to be any refunds for those guys trains tickets and all of that sort of stuff or well, that extra money and so on yeah that's the thing I mean both games are called off way close it's way to too late it's way yeah. too late it's way too late they, they, they didn't know they all had COVID in the morning yeah, I mean, it, it. it's, you know, I actually had a look at the the tweets uh, from Watford's account when they said it was postponed and basically every reply were Watford fans saying, well, I'm already here and now I've just got to basically turn around and, and come back, especially bloody Burnley. There's nothing to do in Burnley when you're there for the football, never mind when you fucking just got to just hang around. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they just like knocked all this weekend's games on on the head and you know I saw a few people saying they might do it for the Christmas ones and again it might be I mean there's always that argument every year about whether we should have a winter break in England because basically everywhere else does and you think if we have a winter break this year then none of this would be well it wouldn't be nearly as big of a problem as it seems to be um 
I suppose the argument against that is we, there's AFCON and then this weird World Cup next year, so the season's already sort of knackered as it is, and condensing it even more is going to be a nightmare. But you know, again, the big teams will be all right with that, so I'm sure the Premier League don't care. Mm, yeah, and there's talk about the AFCON maybe getting called off anyway, which obviously would massively benefit us <laughs> with a lot of our players going. Um, can either of you? Have you got any stories from getting to games that have been postponed last minute? Um, I thought you were going to ask me if I was going to go to AFCON. <laughs> no, um, if it does go ahead, I think Sky have got every game of the AFCON this year. So watch it on there. But yeah, you've been to Everton a few seasons back. Did you get up to that one? No, I didn't, thankfully. I know um friend of the show, Joe Walker, was on, I think, the official coach for that one. That was one oh. where it was like really windy and the roof blew off or something. Yeah, so wasn't that the one that everyone, a lot more people than normal, took the coach because they laid it on for free? Yeah, and they so. basically like got into Liverpool and then we're told there's no game. Mm. Uh, I mean, like we've just we've talked about this on here, but like the official coach is pretty soul-sapping as it is to do like a trip all the way up to Liverpool without even the sort of benefit of seeing Palace play, just sort of turning around and going back again. That's mm. that's pretty pretty grim stuff. Yeah, we stayed up overnight. So <laughs> we'd got there in the afternoon and were heavily pissed before kickoff. And then, you know, we literally walked outside and you could see the reason they did it because tiles were coming off of roofs of buildings. Yeah. And it was happening. They were coming off the building we was in. Unaided. So you, yeah, unaided. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you had to actually like, you know, hide from them. Um, but then obviously without kind of slowing down the drinking rate in the 90 minutes of the game, <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember much past like 10 p.m. that night, to be honest. Um, I just remember back in mid to late 90s, maybe just touching 2000s, Bradford away was called off. Um Remember being there, that was literally getting there, and then as we arrived and parked up, the radio was like, "Games been postponed." It's like, oh, great. I, th- I think the only one that I can remember, it wasn't an away game. Thankfully, I remember. I think it was we were playing Luton around Christmas at home sometime, and I got to Fulton Heath, and then basically got called off. But obviously, mm. that's like ten minutes away on the train from me, so it's <laughs> yeah. not not really a problem. Yeah, and I remember getting um, to Luton one Boxing Day. That was 96-ish, 95, 96, somewhere around that. And we'd actually got in a black taxi to get there because it was um, we were running late because the weather had affected the trains and then only to get there for it to be cooled off. Frozen pitches at Sellers Park, that don't happen anymore, does it? Okay. Southampton. Albert, are we disappointed with the point or are you happy? Mm, that's a good question. If you asked me before the game, would you take a point? I would have, hand on heart, probably I'd have said no. Um, you know, I thought I thought we were good against Everton. I don't think we were, again, I mean, it's sort of sums up our season. I thought we had spells where we were really good, but apart from, you know, for the, if it wasn't for a few decent um, greater saves, you know, that Everton game could have been a lot different as, as shit. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. As they were on the whole. Um, but yeah, going into the Southampton game, I thought, you know, yeah, we, you know, we could start a bit of a run here. You know, it was, a, you know, basically the, it was the same team, wasn't it? Um, and you sort of thought, yeah, there was real bright spots in that Everton game. Um but I, yeah, I mean, I've, I've sort of mentioned it already. I thought we looked, yeah, I mean, three minutes in, we're one nil up and it all seems happy days. But all of a sudden, we just seemed to wilt a little bit and we looked, I thought they, they looked, whether it was confidence or fitness, they just looked way more punchy than we did. And we really struggled. But obviously, getting a point out of a, a game where I couldn't see us getting back into it, yeah, I was, I was happy with it at the end, but... I mean, it's a, it's another game that you look at, along with Newcastle, Brighton, and you think, you know, we should we should have been got we should have come away with three points there, really. Or you know, if we're as good as we think we are, then yeah, we needed to come away with three points, and we I don't think we 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 almost didn't turn up. Mm. Yeah, you say it's the same team now, but and obviously but Butland decided it was um, Heskiv, but. There seemed to be a switch of Kiati and Hughes, which seemed to be confusing a lot of people. Any thoughts about why that might have happened? No, I had this conversation with my mate at the game as well, actually. Um, and I, yeah, I can't really think of a reason because it worked so well um, against Everton. I, I agree with what Albert said that there were spells against Everton where it was a, a little bit flat, but I think the midfield three were the best, sort of the best part of the game on Sunday and. To fiddle about a bit a little bit was a bit confusing. I mean, obviously, if it comes off and it works well, then no one cares. But we talked about Hughes, you know, being next to Gallagher and letting Gallagher sort of go way more forward, worked well. And Kiate has been in really good form as the sort of furthest midfielder back. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Again, I don't know if it's legs, like Albert said, like whether we were just a bit tired, but... I, I was the same with, with him. I thought once we went one new up so early, you just think, well, that will knock Southampton's confidence and we will just push on and it just didn't really happen. Um, but I think, you know, I've, our, our first half performance was was pretty, pretty crap, especially after they scored. But I thought we were all right in the second half. You know, I think, I think if you look at the game as a whole, probably a draw is a fair result. Neither team were brilliant. They had the better of the first half. We had the better of the second. So yeah, it's weird, is it? Because we did. We obviously take the lead early. Absolutely fantastic tackle from um, um, Hughes on Rom- Romeo to break up the play and open it up. I mean, Caballero. I'm not sure what he's doing in goal and why he's laying down there when when Zaha would have shot straight at him otherwise. Um, and I think no wonder he was training at AFC Wimbledon days mm. before. Mm. 
But it's kind of, it's it's nuts, right? That we see that he was that poor from that effort, and we didn't then test him from range a couple of times. Just you know, get some shots on target and see what happens. Uh, yeah, and so we took leader, and then I think if Edouard scores, you know, when Zaha cuts it across for him and he opens his body up and tries to slot it with his right, if that goes in, I think. You know, Southampton have very recent history, multiple times of absolutely folding. Um, mm-hmm. They've what they lost nine nil twice in the last couple of years. So, you know, there's if we go two nil up there, I think that game's over and it's a bit of a walk in the park for us. But it was like at that moment, it sort of like kicked them into gear a bit, and then all of a sudden they just started pressing on us higher up the pitch and higher, higher and higher, and we just couldn't we couldn't pass through it. And Vieira talked about it after the game. And Albert, did you see a bit of a a lot of trying to pass out from the back? I found was Joel Ward and Tyrant Mitchell really were the ones who were not able to handle it the most. Really, tend to really gave the ball away a lot or passed the ball straight into touch and things like that. And they really, really seemed to struggle under that press. And it's something that we've got to worry about if other teams are going to identify that as well. Yeah, it seemed like every every time we had a goal kick, Southampton, like the Southampton press was like gained another yard on us, and then we'd struggle with that, and then we'd get a goal kick again, and they'd be a, you know a yard further up, and to the point where <laughs> to the point you couldn't really tell who the defenders were because there were so many Southampton players in our box, almost anticipating the short kick. Um, yeah, and, and we and we did struggle. You know, both both fullbacks, I thought had had a um, not a great game. Um, and I and I I really like the 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 passing out from the back. I really like it that we're trying to do it. But again, when when you're two one down and 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 at the point sort of struggling to get back in the game, and you and like you say we're we're not we're not getting out of our own half. Like I say the ball's being kicked out into touch, or we're just giving it straight straight back in the midfield. It's like well, you know just. Just go, just go long that that just go long once, you know. Just just yeah. t- just punt it down the pitch and see what happens, you know. Because you just have to create that sort of that pressure release and, tr- and try something different. And you know, and if and if Southampton are if Southampton are, are, are pressing as much as they are, you know, if you go long, you you know, you got you've they've left four men up the pitch, and so you, you might you know you might be able to mix it up and catch them a little bit. I mean. You can only really do it when Bedteke is on the pitch, and he wasn't on the pitch for most of that game. Um, but yeah, I, I, like I say, as a as a plan A, I think it's great. But with all managers, and you know, including Roy Hodgson in this, when, when Plan A is not working, you know, we we do have to consider what Plan B is. And there wasn't a huge sign of having a clear Plan B, and it was more of a sort of stubborn, we're going to carry on doing this, and it could have been worse, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there, there were a couple of times early in the second half where we sort of hit the ball down the line and just ran after it and it seemed to work. It seemed to sort of get in behind their defence. And then we didn't really do it again for a while. And it's just sort of like like Albert says, I get that we've got a game plan to pass it out from the back and build up uh, build up the attacks. But if you see something working like that and you can spring it on them and we've got pace, you know, I mean, Will's not, he might have lost a yard here and there, but he's no slouch. You just think, and and Edouard as well. I mean, Edouard's a pretty 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 fast, pretty fast bloke. So I'm the same. You know, we were talking about it during the game. We were like, just just mix it up a bit. You know, I don't think Butland looked particularly comfortable with the ball at his feet. So you know, hoofing it up the pitch every now and again probably would have 
helped him out, would have relieved the pressure a bit and and maybe would have got us somewhere. Because I don't think their defence is, other than Liveramento, I don't think their defence is much cop. So, yeah, I agree with Al, but I think we just need to try something different if only once or twice just to sort of spring a surprise in the opposition. Yeah, I was convinced that Benteke was going to come on at half-time for that exact reason. It was just, you know, we had to get, we had to stop them from pressing us. We had to stop it from happening because we were just showed time and again that we couldn't pass our way through it. So if you start just lumping the ball forward every time, they can't commit as many people onto the edge of your box. And um, yeah, and the times we did do it was when the times we looked, we looked dangerous with it. And particularly when Benteke came on, they clearly struggled, struggled with it quite a lot. Um, Free kick for the James Ward-Prowse guy. Now, I mean, I think it's only Thierry Henry and David Beckham who are ahead of him now in terms of most Premier League free kicks scored. That was his, that was the 11th time he's done it. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like from that range, it's like a penalty for him, really. Mm-hmm. You know, he, can, he can go either side. He can get loads of whip on it. makes it really, really difficult. Now, there's been a lot of... Uh, nonsense chatted on social media in recent weeks about Guaita and that Butland should be coming in. Um, should he be doing better there, Albert? Gets a thing, gets fingertips to it. Should he be saving it? Do you see Guaita saving it, or is it just a brilliant free kick? It's a brilliant free kick. Um, I'm really clenching my jaw having to mm. concede any sort of praise to little racist rat boy. Um, yeah, I mean it's 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 a great free kick. Yeah, that you can do the whole Butland takes a little step to his left, which probably does him no favours trying to get back the other way and and you know get a stronger hand on the on the ball. But you know, I I don't look at it and think. I mean, my my first reaction definitely wasn't. Oh, great, it would have saved that. It's a, it's a really it's a really good free kick, and you know we can all do what ifs. But I don't. Yeah, I don't think great stands much much a better chance of getting a hand to it to be honest um you know now if you said Wayne Hennessy oh (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah the free kick decision because you watch it on tv so you you would have probably got a couple of angles of it in the stadium it felt like you immediately you saw Will Hughes just lose it like oh yeah he was clear that it, it was soft yeah it's do you know do you know what and again I hate to sit here and and can concede any any sort of slack the other way. It is really, really, really soft. It is really soft. However, if if that was Will trying to go go past someone on the edge of the opposition area, we would all be screaming for it. So mm. it is one of those. Um, yeah. There was worse decisions, but yeah, it was it was soft. Do you know what was what's really bizarre? Simon Hooper, I think, is probably the worst referee in the Premier League. It's it's between him. Um, I mean, of the established referees, because there was that new one we had earlier this season who was had his first game and he was dreadful. But Simon Hooper is consistently bad. And that's why I was absolutely shocked that he allowed that Will Hughes tackle to go um, for our goal in the early part of the game. But he then just you know, conformed to type and he was just dreadful. Just time and again, he just makes awful decisions. Um, on both sides as well, you know, it's not just, it's not just us, he's just a terrible referee. Um, and I think the standard of refereeing, I don't, is it getting worse? Is that just me? I don't know. But of course, it's getting, then... worse. it's getting worse and it's not, it's not helped by, and as much as I'm a fan of it in principle, it's not helped by the VAR 
scenario at the moment. You know, the the, the moment the moment uh, when, when your refereeing standard is poor, the moment VAR says, "I think you should look at that," like you know that you know the referee's going to fucking change his mind because they're. I, I mean, I I've watched match of the day for quite a few weeks, but I I can't recall in recent memory this season a referee being asked to go and look at something. And then walking away from a monitor and and sticking to his original decision. I think there's so yeah. much uncertainty and inexperience there that the moment that yeah you say go and review it, that's basically you know, you know that it's going to be the, the whatever it is the decision is going to be reversed. Yeah, I've only I've only remembered this season seeing it overturned once, and that was in Serie A where the referee went over and was like. You could see very clearly he was having an argument <laughs> over the, his headset with the VAR official being like, no, I think it's a penalty. You're you're wrong to tell me to overturn this. It's definitely a penalty. Look, here's the contact. Here's the contact. Well, and, and then he decided to give the penalty. And it was a weird one because it was like, it's definitely not a clear and obvious error that he's given the penalty here. Like there is absolutely contact. And you can see why he's given it. And he stood his ground and, and fought with the official, which we've just we just don't tend to see here. But the worst thing about it is because of this clear and obvious error, you can, you know, that James Madison one, the penalty that was given to Leicester the other day, it's just, it's wrong. Everyone knows that's not a penalty. Everyone knows it's not a penalty, but VAR doesn't look at it because it's not a clear and obvious error, but it's just wrong. Like if everyone knows it's wrong, if everyone in football is looking at it saying that's not a penalty, then VAR should be able to step in and say, that's not a penalty, but... Yeah, and you do, you, you it, it probably is affecting that performance. You're probably right, but Simon Hooper was shit before VAR, so um, it's not it's not granted, impacting granted. His, it's not impacting his game. Um, I tried, Simon. I'm sorry, mate. We've got obviously got a now four minutes later they score again. Uh, that is it, Bojra, Bojra, mm-hmm. whatever, um, bougie. He was, he was only half fit, but he was he had a fucking brilliant. He's a good player, isn't he? Um, particularly a, for someone who was half fit. He's a bit of a tank, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, it was, he was I mean, good. as soon as he hit it, like where where we stand, I'm in block D, hmm. and as soon as he hit it, it was in. Like you could see it was in. It was just arrowed in, you know, like a laser guided into the bottom corner. It was a good hit. Um, obviously, a bit of a loose loose pass to, for him to get the ball. And I think from at the go, time... From, I, the go, from the golden boy as well, wasn't from it? From the golden boy, yeah. <laughs> and I think at the time I was like, why the fuck is no one like closing him down? But when I watched it back on the telly, he, he didn't take too many touches before he yeah, smashed a shot yeah. into I was like, well, you've got to say fair enough. It's a pretty good hit. Um, he did go absolutely mad as <laughs> at the main stand, though, when he was celebrating. Yeah. I have absolutely no idea why, but he seemed like well up for it. Yeah, you bang a you bang a goal in like that away from home and see what you do because that's, that's that's probably <laughs> I'd do something similar. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, no, he was just he was just loving it. I think he was just loving life. And then the closer he's got to the main stand, have just started to stand up in bunches and hurl loads of abuse. So he's just giving it back. I mean. I know. When I was younger, those things used to piss me off way more than they do now. Hence my eternal hatred of Grant Ledbetter, for example. (laughs) But but these days, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'd probably do the same. Yeah, screw it. (laughs) Uh, But no, and Sellers 
really you, you felt it in the crowd just was kind of like how has this all gone so tits up we could have been 2-0 up a minute ago and now all of a sudden we're 2-1 behind um, what did you think of the fight back in the second half Albert you, were you impressed that we sh- we showed uh, showed the bottle to come back impressed with the substitution from Vieira to actually get us back into it yeah I think it's you know it's always good to see a bit of fight back because again and I I feel like I'm I'm going to get accused of having an agenda, but like I'm under Roy, it was like we would rarely, rarely look like look, we would rarely look like getting back into a game from you know in those sorts of games. Um, so yeah, to to see us get, I've, I mean, I'm I'm on record. If somebody wants to screen grab it, you know, I said in our chat, I was like, I just can't, I just can't see us getting anything out of this. It's going to be one of those, and then might have been maybe three minutes later that we equalized um and my wife laughed at me because i said a rude word apparently in quite a funny voice (laughs) um and at that point you think okay well there's there's enough time there's enough time here to you know like and again i've got a mate a close mate who's a massive southampton fan and he was desperate to bet money with me that they would concede again he was like you know he, he said something like they've lost They've 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 thrown away seventy three points from winning positions under Hassan Hootl, which is mega. So he was like he was like do you want to bet? He wasn't like if he's like do you want to bet when you're going to score your third? And I was like I'm <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> so like, <laughs> it was like we were both trying to like not back our own teams, which was quite perverse. Well, I think um, it's so yeah. for the, yeah for them that was um, before that game they'd played seventeen Premier League away games this calendar year. And they'd only won two and drawn two and lost the other thirteen. And the yeah. two wins the two wins were like Sheffield United and maybe Newcastle. Like they were two two of the lower down teams, that's for sure. Um but before we move but before we move on, I was gonna say Jordan I Jordan I, who finally scores, finally gets his goal, Heskiff. Uh yes. That he's hard work and, and good performances of late as probably deserved. Yeah, he absolutely deserves it. Um, I know that he's become a bit of a pariah because he hasn't scored in 43 games, whatever it is. But especially in the last sort of month or so, <clears throat> and I think he's been all right all season, but in the last sort of month or so, his work rate has been like top-notch. He's looked good going forward. He's sort of tracked back well. All the, all the stuff you want, you just, just need him to score, score that one goal. And obviously, he missed up at Old Trafford as we discussed the other week and he had a chance early on against Everton. You just, I just want him to come, but he took his, he took his goal well yesterday. I thought when the ball sort of went across, across the goal, I thought he was just going to try and smash it back across the six yard box. Um, But yeah, got it in. I mean, I know it was only what four yards out, whatever, but it was at an angle in it. So when you haven't scored for 43 games, I'm pretty sure even that looks bloody impossible. Um, he almost smiled as well. Can you imagine when he scored? <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I, 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 I like Jordan Ayew and, and I think he's been really good lately. So it was, it was great for him to get that goal. To be fair, I, I wouldn't be smiling if I had these airline. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, Albert. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the latest, the latest snubs from the social media world of Palace fans and the absolutes like from result to result this person's shit or this person's amazing it's Edouard who come in for a bit of stick now 
people seem to forget a lot of people forget he's 23 years old he's still a youngster um still still learning still very very new to premier league football this is a brand new standard for him the level he's playing at here um i think albert we've agreed he certainly wasn't at his best last night but as Heskiff has said repeatedly in the chats today, when you're not at your best and you get basically two assists, so I think he will f- obviously officially gets credit to one, but won't for the IU goal. But you know, very clearly, his shot gets brilliantly saved by Caballero and falls to IU's feet. But um, bit nuts that everyone's shit one week or amazing the following week. So I can't keep up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in you know, this week's episode of Edward. Yeah, I mean, we've, it was quite a, a hot topic on, on the back of the nest WhatsApp chat. But, you know, I think there's, there's a real lack of nuance um, in football opinion these days. I mean, there's a real lack of nuance in any opinion these days. But, you know, yeah, I think the, the first, the, the official assist to Zaha, it's, you know, it's, it's a fairly sort of routine pass and Zaha, does the rest and bags a goal. The the second assist, as you've said, Terence. Strictly speaking, it's a shot that's been parried. I mean, the the fantasy points say what they say, and I was <laughs> grateful to receive them. But you know, at the same time, you're you know, we're, we're allowed to say he didn't have a great. He didn't. Apart from that, he didn't have a great game. He, you know, he missed a chance, two big chances. Um, he didn't have a great game. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna suggest that he gets dropped. Not calling for him to be sold. I'm not using any <laughs> expletives about him saying he's this or that. You know, if he starts, well, whenever our next game is, Christ, if he starts on the bench and Benteke starts, I, I can make an argument for that because I think Benteke is probably the more in form. Um, you know, certainly got more, you know, recent potency in front of goal. Um, do we write him off for one mediocre performance against Southampton? No, we don't. He was decent against Everton. Um, probably made less of an all-round impact in terms of assists and all that sort of stuff, but was, you know, was busy and making the ball stick and, you know, and trying to make things happen. Players are allowed bad games. Um, and, you know, again, as a, a, I've sat here countless times and defended Christian Benteke over the years, uh, I'd be a massive hypocrite if I sat here and, started slagging off Edouard. Um We just got to like give him time, um, have a bit of patience, realise he's young and the, and the goals will come because he's, a, you know, he's, he's definitely a finisher, um, but he's, he's still in a team that doesn't create a wealth of chances. Mm. Nicely put. Heskiff, final parts of the game, it kind of felt like high jeopardy. Like, um, were we going to get a winner or were we going to concede a loser, concede a winner to Southampton? Um, I think based on how it sort of ebbed to and fro, probably happy with a point at the end of it. Yeah, let me let me tell you, if six years ago I'd have seen Shane Long and Theo Walcott coming on a subs, I would have shit my pants because we definitely would have let it go. <laughs> so, in fact, to be fair... I still I, hear I, Shane Long. Yeah, yeah. I, I did I did say when he came... At light, he nearly he, scored of his first touch. When, uh, <laughs> when he was stood in the sideline waiting to come on and we noticed it was him, I looked to my mate that I stand with and we were both like, oh, shit. And yeah, like 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 Albert said, the, the bloke's like five foot one, and he's winning a completely free header of his first touch. Thankfully, straight at the goalie. Um, but yeah, I mean that's it. You know, obviously we we brought on Benteke and Elise and sort of went for it a bit. And I thought Elise had some really nice touches. One unbelievable <laughs> bit of control where he killed a ball with his right foot. Um, 
And so you, you sort of, you know, him, Gallagher and Ward had a, a couple of little sort of one-twos or whatever and, and got the ball in. But at the same time, there was a bit right at the end where Ward-Prowse was sort of running parallel to the edge of our area and I 100% thought he was going to curl it yeah. in the top corner. So, yeah, I think, um, I think like I mean, I said earlier, draw is a fair result, but whenever we go behind and don't lose, you know, pessimist I am, I always think that's pretty decent. And yeah, when that, I mean, we gave away a couple of free kicks right near the end there and I was just fearing the worst. So the fact that we came away from it unscathed from those is certainly a positive. Yeah, the classic... Um who scored weakness of failing and da- fouling players in dangerous areas is still our number one weakness. Um, you say Elise had some good touches there, but the most, as uh, I saw it described as a rancid opinion of all was from one of DR's YouTube harem saying that Elise offers nothing and we need to loan him out. Um, I don't think we need to touch on that opinion anymore. <laughs> Just sort of having a light chuckle. Man of the match. And then we'll end it. Who was your man of the match, Albert? Um, Wilf. (laughs) Yeah, less abuse for Wilf last night. Uh, What about you, Sam? That's I hadn't even thought about it. I hadn't even thought about it. Uh, I'm. I'll just go Jordan Ayew. I I don't think anyone was stand out, but Ayew was all right, and he scored. So I'll give it to him. Yeah, I thought um, Ayu had a decent game. I thought Zaha was um, decent. Obviously, got his goal. Um, but yeah, Jordan Jordan Ayu was probably the best of an average bunch on the day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So anyway, I think we've run a bit, little bit long here. So thanks everyone for listening. Um, obviously, we're at a stage now where we don't know what's going to happen over the coming weeks. Um, so I can't really give you any schedule of what podcasts are going to be. Not that we ever get fucking right anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> so yeah, just, I guess, stay tuned to the socials. Um, if football gets called off, I'm sure we'll probably club together a couple of podcasts for try and get some, I don't know, guests or something. Fuck, could try try and get guests we can't even get hambo on these days so i don't know we're gonna get bloody guests come on as well <laughs> but yeah we'll we'll see what happens and say keep people to the socials and that will let you know what we are going to put out or not put out um Heskiff, thank you albert thank you for joining and mixing things up with a match report this week instead of a preview and thank you to Let's everyone make for- it a habit <laughs> let's not make it a habit mm, yeah we're so bad at it anyway anyway thanks to everyone for listening and um, until the next time up the palace it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order delivery now on the McDonald's app you in at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode. 
and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.